Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem will be learning Daflamid Zayin in Maseches Nadarim by Barry's and Lamed Vavnik. So we'll start on five lines up from the bottom on Daflamid Vav. <coughs> Talking about learning Torah. What does that have to do with uh, our Mishnah about Nedar Hana? Because we said in the Mishnah, the person is, makes a Nedar that he can't have an oath from his friend. He, they're allowed to, he could still have his friend teach him Midrash, Halachas, Ve'agada, but he can't teach him Mikra. That's odd. You would think that you would have Hanah from that learning, or wouldn't have Hanah, but whatever the Hanah would be, you would think, why would it make a difference between Agadas, right, and Halachas, and Mikra? So that's what our Gemara wants to know. The first thing the Gemara wants to know is, Mikra, my time, Aloyelam Denu. Why can't he teach him Mikra? Well, Mishum de Kamehanile, because it's Hana. So you might ask Barry, now you'll, uh, hopefully I'll remember a lot of the stuff that Rabari Libowitz, the great Dafyomi master, said, because he said some amazing things about this Daf of Zochera here. So one of the things is you might think, Mitzvah Slav Lahenos Nitnu. Remember, we already talked about this, right? About the idea of a Mitzvah. You know, if I was no Hana from you, Barry, and and I and you blew shofar for me, I would that would be okay, right? We already talked about that mitzvah slav lehenes Now the the definition of mitzvah slav lehenes is interesting. We've already pointed out like a little bit of a a little bit of a analysis. Does it mean that you don't enjoy mitzvahs? You're not allowed to enjoy mitzvahs. That whatever enjoyment you get of mitzvahs doesn't count. I mean, what is exactly does it mean that you don't get hanav from mitzvahs? But whatever it means, don't, how, how does it work with learning? Shouldn't all learning be a mitzvah? And if learning is a mitzvah, so then why, if you teach me, Barry, am I getting hana from you? I don't understand. So Rabari Leibowitz explains, and the Rishonim and, uh, and um, different poskim talk about that, and they say that when it comes to learning, and we've already discussed this, there is the basic mitzvah of learning, and we've already discussed the fact that if you learn more, you do get more of a mitzvah. So there's sort of like a baseline minimum of the Kriyashma in the morning at night, but then, the, then there's also the continuous learning. You get more mitzvah for that. Uh, but also, this is an analysis of mitzvah lav lahenes nitnu, where you're talking about, well, uh, maybe that just means the mitzvah part you're not getting hana from. But that doesn't mean you can't say that it's not enjoyable I've had the greatest week with you this week so far, Barry. And so that hana is real. And that hana is, in fact, if I swore off hana from you, I would not be able to have. So even though the mitzvah component, right, I wouldn't have be technically over anything. I wouldn't be violating my, my nether for that. It's the hana that's in addition to it, right? It's all together. It's not just necessarily, right? It's, it's, it's murkav, as Rabbi Danny Myers Shlita would say. It has multiple components, right? Okay, so one of the components is the Hana of the learning itself. The question now the Gemara asks is, what is the difference in Hana between Mikra and Allah Hanagadah? So says the Gemara. It's Hana, and that's why he can't teach him Mikra. So says the Gemara, Midrash Nami Kamahanile. Yeah, well, you also enjoy Midrash. So the Gemara answers, it's not referring to the learning itself. It's talking, it's talking about getting paid. Okay. Um, okay, so what is that about? So my psaka, 
if that's the truth, so then, then what, then what would be, right, the, the distinction between Mikra and Medrash? Okay. So, again, it's funny. It's subtle, but when the Gemara answered that you're getting schar, it's shifting out of the idea of getting the Hana of the, right, the Hana, Mishim de Kamehanile, a Hana that you might assume is the enjoyment of learning. So that's really what Ari Leibowitz was saying. That take the enjoyment of the learning out of it, perhaps, over here, and just assume that all we're talking about now is that if you taught me for free, Barry, that's the Hana. Because why? Because for Mikra, for whatever reason, as we'll see, normally there would be a fee, right? We're talking about a case where we're learning for free, right? We're learning and nobody's getting paid. But the difference between Midrash and Mikra is Mikra, normally there'd be a fee and you're waiving the fee by the fact that we're learning together means that you by definition, waiving the fee. And that's the Hana. I'm getting a deal, right? I'm getting something that normally I would have to pay for for free. Now, Medrash, normally you pay, you don't pay anyways, and therefore there's no Hana for learning for free. And Mikra, normally you do pay, and therefore by learning for free, you're getting Hana. That's what the, how the Gemara understands it, right? So I guess the our discussion of the enjoyment Hana only complicates it because it's not what the Gemara means here. But be that as it may, HaKamash Malan, so this teaches us that even in places where you do get paid to teach and learn, right, uh, you only pay when you teach, let's say, Chumash. It is interesting here. Is this talk, Mikra, is it talking about all of Tanakh or just Chumash? But let's just say, whatever, Chumash. You do get paid for Mikra, Tarsha Bechsav, and Al Medrash, Lo Shari Lemishkal. Right, but not for learning Gemara and the like in Mishnah. So, Maishna Medrash why do you not get paid for learning Medrash? Dichsiv. Because the Pasuk says, That is Moshe Rabbeinu explaining to Klal Yisrael that Hashem commanded him at Har Sinai to teach you all the halachas. Oh, and then, and then Moshe Rabbeinu then again says, look, Hashem commanded me to teach you, and sure enough, look, I taught you. I taught you the Chukim and the Mishpatim. The Chukim and Mishpatim looks like the Torah Shebaal Peh, right? Looks like the Medrash and the, uh, etc. So, ma'ani bechinam afatem, nami bechinam. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, just like I learned from a Baruch Hu, that there's, he's making this analogy. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Klai just like Hashem taught me uh, for free, I'm going to teach you for free. The best things in life, Barry, are free, right? Air and Tyra. You could just open up a safer. You don't have to pay anybody, right? You can learn. And the best and the most uh, fundamental, essential things uh, are free, which is an amazing thing. So that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Klal Yisrael, to which the Gemara asks, Mikra Nami Bechinam. Yeah, but Chumash also, right? Tarsha Bechsav is also Bechinam. Well, why is he making a distinction between the Chukim and Mishpatim and Torah Shabbat and Gemara and the like and Chumash? So, Rav Amar, Schar Shimur. Rav Yochanan Amar, Schar Pisuk Tamim. So, there's a machlokas here, Rav and Rav Yochanan, as to why there would be a distinction between Mikra and Medrash. And the distinction is clear, Barry. And it's as follows. Nobody in their right mind would charge for yeshiva, right? For like a post-high school Gemara yeshiva. That is known to be for free. I mean, nobody would, should get paid for teaching that, Barry. I mean, we're not even talking about learning it. 
right? So the idea of sitting and learning and being taught, that's already well beyond the, uh, the scope of, of what people would imagine you'd get paid for. But even to teach, you shouldn't get paid for. Who gets paid? The people who teach mikra. Who gets paid, paid mikra? Two scenarios, Barry. Either you're teaching chumash to children, in which case you're not really getting paid for teaching the Torah, you're getting paid mostly for the babysitting. That's Rav, Schar Shimur. And Rav Yochanan said, Schar Pisuk Taimim. Yeah, you pay the Bar Mitzvah teacher. Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam. That you get paid for, because that's a skill. The Pisuk Taimim is you're teaching the Torah. Okay, so now. Does it sit well with me that you shouldn't get paid to, to teach? Right. So it seems to be a very uh, important thing, and then he's talking about the, the truck. The truck seems to be on a lower level than teaching the students. Oh, so so the Gemara will discuss why did Rav say that it was a scharshimur, the babysitting, and why did Rabbi Yochanan think that it was the pisuk tamim, that it was the truck? But Barry, ironically, is asking because why ironically? Because Barry's a balkara. And Barry, who is a world-class Balkaire, thinks that the trup is less important. After all, the trup is not the actual Torah. It's just almost like a skill of the tune. And how could Rabbi Yochanan see that, who holds it, that what you're teaching is a trup? So I'll tell you one of two things. First of all, we're not actually even saying one is more important than the other because all we're saying is what, do we, what are we getting paid for, Right? In other words, the only question you're asking is, is that even really Limit Torah, which our Gemara will discuss? Is the trup part of the Mesorah, part of the Torah, part of what to learn? And in fact, that topic is essential to our daf, right? That's going to be brought up. But to the extent that it is part of what we learn, it's really more of an issue of what do you get paid for, right? Because we're talking about the Nether Hana, and that Bar Mitzvah teacher does get paid, um, I, I've taught, I think, uh, at least, I think I only taught two bar mitzvah boys. I taught Bracious to Adam Yedlin, Shlita, and I brought, and I taught uh, Bishalach to Jared Jerome. That was it. Anyways, it's none. This is in the Merrick days. So shout out to Jared and to Adam. Okay. It's none. Lo yilam denu mikra. Back in the day. So we learned in our Mishnah. Bishlam in the Taimim. So, we said, right, loyam denu mikra. You can't teach him, uh, you can't teach him Torah Shabbat So I can understand, according to Rabbi Yochanan, who says that what you're, um, forfeiting is the money, right? The bar, I did not teach Adam Yedlin and, uh, Jared Jerome for free, by the way, but it's gonna come, become relevant. I got a flat fee. Let's call it a thousand dollars, okay? So, if you say that what you're teaching is the bar mitzvah teacher, I know deloyam denu. That's why, you can't teach it if you're Modahana. Why? Because the bar mitzvah teacher is halachically allowed to accept payment, right? So that when he's waiving that fee, you're getting the hana. Elamanda maschar shimur. Godol bar shimur hu? What's the Gemara asking like this? <laughs> Andrew, let's go back. Let's pick on Andrew again. Andrew swore off, right, hana from Barry. The mission is assuming that an adult swore off 
Like, you, like how often does a seven-year-old swear off Hanav from somebody? Right? In other words, the, the scenario in the Mishnah is one adult swears off Hanav from another adult. Can the adult teach him? So I can understand, right, Bar Mitzvah, right? Andrew wants Barry to teach him, you know, the Yekish Elaining. Okay, so normally he'd pay him, but Barry's, as he does, would do it for free. Andrew is not enough from him, he can't do that. But you can't say it's schar babysitting, because that's not babysitting. Andrew is an, is, a, is an adult. So the Gemara says, well, maybe on tiny. Now maybe it is, in fact, talking about a kid who swore off, uh, some six-year-old who swore off enough from Barry. And therefore it is the babysitting. So the Gemara says, no, What does the Mishnah say? There you go. That's how you read it. In other words, right, we said an amazing thing that if one swore off the Anah, that was the end of the Mishnah, that you, for Mikra, you cannot teach yeah, the person who was Moda. No, but you could teach him his children. Well, if in fact the original case of the person who swore Anah was a child, is a Katan Bar Banim. So what are you saying? How do you make a distinction between you cannot teach? Him, but you can't teach his children. We have like an eight-year-old kid with a child. That doesn't make any sense. So it must be that the person who swore off an awe is an adult. Okay? And if the person who swore off an awe is an adult, then what is, right, Rav talking about when he's saying that it's Schar Shimur? Elamai, the Gemara says, Chasur Mechzer Vachatani. No, the Mishnah is missing a piece, and this is how it says it. It says, that if you swore off an awe from somebody, he can't teach you Tarshim Bechzav, Bechatan. And that refers to a child, according to Rav. And if the person who swore off, let's say it was Andrew, but if it was an adult, according to Rav, it would say, right, if you're going to say that it's Schar Shimur, so he could teach Andrew, and he could teach his children. Very nice. He could teach Andrew because he's an adult and there's no Schar Shimur, and he could teach his children, his child, because his child wasn't the person who was no darna. And therefore, that is how the mission is read, according to Rav, who says that you're forfeiting the babysitting money. Okay, what's another possible difficulty with Rav's view as follows? Interesting. School children can't read new material on Shabbos, but they can review, do that first review. That's what Shon and Berishon do. They can do that first, right, Chazara. Right, you should chazar everything like four times. The first chazar already you could do on Shabbos. Just the first time is too tough. You shouldn't learn it on Shabbos. Why? So That makes sense according to the person who says the bar mitzvah teacher. That's why you can't read new stuff on Shabbos. Why? Because to teach, to learn your bar mitzvah parsha, to learn, let's say, right, when you learn the bar mitzvah, you're learning new, by the way, I'm the one, I'm being mechadesh, that this is, it's not really a big chadesh, I mean, it's what it's talking about, the ta'amim. I know the Ron seems a little confused about this, about why a gadol or a katan, why would they learn ta'amim? To me, it's partial that this is a bar mitzvah teacher. Anyways, um, so, schar Shabbos. Oh, okay. So again, when you're learning bar mitzvah, usually you learn, like, when you chazer, it's a little bit easier, but when you're learning a new when you're learning a new aliyah, it's a grind, right? A new aliyah you never saw before, that's a grind. So it's interesting. You, they don't want you to do that on Shabbos, but you can re- review. Why don't they want you to do it on Shabbos? It gets now into 
well, can you do work on Shabbos? Okay, right? So according, right, to the Manda Amar, right, Rabbi Yochanan, who says that it's talking about, talking about a bar mitzvah teacher, I can understand, right, why you shouldn't be able to do it on Shabbos, because that's really difficult, right? But if you just really, I mean, you're technically a Chumash teacher, but you're really a babysitter, right? So if that's the case, according to Rav, what would be the difference between Korea in the beginning of, uh, right, the first time, and Korea the second time? Either way, babysitting should be also on Shabbos, right? The babysitting part, the part that's hard when you're a kindergarten right, teacher, should be equally hard. On, that's the hard part. In other words, according to the bar mitzvah teacher, I could see this distinction, okay? So that's just interesting. They're talking about Rav and Yochanan from a totally different context about whether you could do it on Shabbos, and they're saying, you know, which, and they're assuming that our mission is talking about the same thing that this mission is talking about. But be that as it may, right, when you're saying that there's a different, uh, you know, I wouldn't have necessarily made that assumption, but okay. Let's say you make that assumption. We'll see. We work out of it anyways. But the point is that if you're a bar mitzvah teacher, I can understand. The first time learning the Aliyah is different than the review. So maybe you shouldn't do the first time on Shabbos. But if you are a babysitter type Rebbe, right? So then it's equally difficult during the week as it is on Shabbos. And therefore, this seems to be a data point to support Rebbe Yochanan who thinks it's the babysitter because we see that that Mishnah Make, or that Bryce, rather, makes a distinction between the first time and the second time. Okay. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Right, wait a minute. Even according to Rabbi Yochanan, why are you not allowed to teach on Shabbos, even if it's the first time? Now we're getting granular into the idea of how do you pay the bar mitzvah teacher. I got paid $1,000 flat fee. That's called havla. Havla means you pay, get a flat fee for, you know, my, Jared's bar mitzvahs in eight months. Just get him ready. We don't care when you do it. Happens to be, I, I think I only taught him on Shabbos, Barry. <laughs> That's the only time I was home. But Havla, he, Havla, Mishrashari. That's okay because you're not getting paid for work, so to speak, on Shabbos. You're getting paid for an overall thing. Don't forget. You're not doing any malacha, right? All you're doing is learning. So it's just a question of even if you're doing something that's not a malacha, you can't get paid for doing that on Shabbos, right? Babysitting is not malacha. Like yeah, like a rabbi. I, was sh- I got paid in 30 years ago, Barry, $600 a Shabbos. That's a lot. Congregation of Shalom Merrick. Thank you very much. I was like newly married, so it was like 28 years ago. I would lane... And then I would give, the rabbi was away. Rabbi Wahlberg Schlita, he just gave, uh, he just gave me birthday wishes. He's in his 80s and lives in Florida now. He's amazing. But anyways, he, Rabbi Jerry Wahlberg, he's Mitch Wahlberg here from Baltimore's brother. So, oldest brother. So, <laughs> he was, but he would go to Vacation Village. Can you imagine Rabbi Rose going to Vacation Village for the summer? He would go to like the bungalows, just like any person. He had a good gig. So I would take over sometimes. I was the summer rabbi. So I, I laned and I gave a Devartar. Why am I even talking about this? Oh, because I got paid. I only did it on Shabbos. So there you say, right? You're getting paid for the preparation, right? You're not getting paid for the performance, as it were. Okay, that's how you work it out. So it's Havla. Havla, Mishra Shari. 
the Tanya Hasocher es Apoel Lishmar Satinos Lishmar Sapara Lishmar Sazroim. Because that's already a bryce that we say if you hire somebody to watch this kid, or the para here is referring, uh, as the Mepharshim over here is interesting, say the Ran, the para aduma. Okay, you got to watch that para aduma, right? Or, right, the Zrayim, be it may, whatever you're watching, ain't no sin los Shabbos. Right? You don't give him payment really for what he's doing on Shabbos, right? As Rashi says, as uh, the, the Mefarish, who's quoted as Rashi, who's, uh, it says Rashi, but he's really the Mefarish, we call him, second line up from the bottom, Right, if you do it daily, you can't give him Shabbos, Shabbos, because we turn to Lan Zayin Im Avdo, Ein Chayv right? If, right, the guy lost the Parah Duma, Rahman al he's not Chayv, why? Because you're not paying him. Again, if he lost it on Shabbos, it means. If you're paying him a daily on Shabbos, he's not responsible to do it. Because chas v'shalom, you're not going to make him work on Shabbos. Bimaya schir Shabbos, schir chodesh. Here, schir Shabbos means a week. Schir chodesh means a month. Schir shana means a year. Or schir shavua here means a seven-year period, a shemitah period. Nosnen lo, schar Shabbos. Then, you can give him schar Shabbos. And in that scenario, the fichachim avdo Right? So again, Clearly, you can receive compensation for working on Shabbos, but it has to be Havla. It has to be for a longer tenure, at least a week's, right, where the Shabbos is one of the days of the week. And then again, a fascinating application of that, that if you're getting paid for the month, so then you, we're, we're allowing you, in other words, we're going to hold you responsible for what happens at Shabbos, right? Uh, there is, and again, Rabari Leibowitz is, a, is an unbelievable Tamar Chacham, he gets into all the halachas of how, do, how does this work? Like, if you could take a day off, like if you, in other words, if you took a day off, would you be chayev? So we, could you dock a person pay if you, they didn't pay on Shabbos? And if you did that, so does that mean that you're really paying them for Shabbos? And if they, you know what I'm saying? And then it would be us or retroactively kind of thing. A fascinating halachic applications, of course. We're, we already learned Masech Shabbos. We're going to have to chazer it, Barry. Because this idea of Schar Shabbos is a big sugya, indeed. Okay, uh, and, and it goes and it goes to right. It goes far and wide. Whether you're a poel, this is all in the Shulchan Aruch. The difference between people who are getting paid for a sachir versus a poel, or are you getting paid for the job, right, as a flat fee? Are you getting paid for a month? Are you getting paid daily? These are all things that are going to matter in terms of the lacha, whether you get paid for Schar Shabbos. Be that as it may, be that as it may. We have to now find a different reason for why you can't teach children new material on Shabbos, right? Because we're assuming that it's all being done by Avla, okay? So this Shabbos thing is, right, is not applicable to us. So what's the reason why you can't teach, right, the first time around? So again, the reason why a bar mitzvah teacher or a babysitter type rebbe are not getting paid is not because it's work on Shabbos. That's not the reason. So what's the reason? Barry, I love this. So that yifnu av hasun, they should be, right, panui. They should be available for their children for the mitzvah of Shabbos. What mitzvah of Shabbos? Oneg Shabbos, Barry. The reason why we don't learn Something, the hard material on Shabbos is that you should enjoy Shabbos. Shabbos is for the family, Barry. 
Shabbos is not for, Shabbos should be enjoyable. Shabbos is not a time to be stressed out about the hardest part of your learning. It's not when the Rebbe should be giving the Bechina on Sunday. It should be time for enjoyment of the family. What? They always do it. And this was Machalgit. I actually forgot who it was. I went back to listen because I listened to Barry Libots in the car and then I went, I woke up early this morning because I didn't want to forget who this was. He quotes Rav Yaakov Emden says, you can't learn Iyun on Shabbos. Whoa! All the achronim go ballistic. What are you talking about? Ain hanag gedulim Barry. Right? It becomes a machlokas that tells more about the people who are uh, and their position than about, I mean, can you imagine Rav Yaakov Emden? He says that you should enjoy, learn the enjoyable thing, uh, things on Shabbos. And it's true, there are are always like, you know, come back Sunday and be ready for this. And everyone's stressed out all Shabbos long. We have a Mephursha, right? Gemara over here that says, no, that you should be careful to, now the truth of the matter is, Shabbos, you have less on your mind. Maybe it's, I mean, you could really, right? You could really reach the Olamos, right? You could reach sometimes, you know, during the daf, for example, we do dafter only during the week. So for me, it's a geschmack, right? During the week, we have to make sure we finish the daf. And then on Shabbos, you could say, oh, let me learn, you know, like, this toast supposed to be Ian. It's nice. Who has time for that during the week? That kind of thing. But, um, you know, so obviously there's a lot here to say. But be that as it may, that's a fascinating reason. This is the idea um, that we see that there is a value here. Instead of, you know, being stressed out over the learning to spend enjoyable uh, time on Shabbos. The, other, the, the Shabbos food coma, Barry. You're eating so much. <laughs> they start, they start uh, going into their Shabbos stupor. Okay? Yeah. That when you alter your, your eating habits, that's the... Uh, we already saw this, that that could start intestinal illness. In other words, even if you're eating basar v'dagim b'chol matamim, if that's not what you're used to eating during the week, that can really throw you into a stupor, and that's why we don't um, uh, learn the hard stuff on Shabbos. But that has nothing to do with us and Hana or anything like that, or Shachar Shabbos, because that's all, we worked it out. We worked it out with the issue of Havilah. Okay? Fine. So now we're nine lines down on Zion Abbas. Now we want to know. Barry wanted to know, why does Rabbi Yochanan and, and Rav not hold like each other? Okay, so let's see. Why did Rabbi Yochanan talk about the, the, the bar mitzvah teacher and not about the, uh, the, the Chumash teacher of the children? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Our Mishnah, actually, you might have noticed. I noticed. You might have noticed that I noticed. Yesterday, that our Mishnah said, Bani Muvanos, when it came to teaching Torah. And I said, Ah, we learned from here that you teach girls Torah. And then I hear from Barry Leibowitz, uh, from Barry, not Barry, from Rabari Leibowitz. Barry Leibowitz is another great guy, but not the same guy. Um, Rabari Leibowitz says, Yeah, the Grah noticed it. I felt good about myself. And then the Rambam noticed that the Grah noticed it. So the Rambam quotes that, Yes, maybe Mikra, you can teach girls, etc. And from the mitzvah, uh, okay. Be that as it may, you could teach girls, but girls, Barry, are well-behaved. Do you ever teach? I've taught classes of girls and classes of boys. You think it's a different species? You think it's a different species, Barry? The boys are bouncing off the walls. The girls are sitting there quietly waiting to hear what you're going to say so they can take notes. Okay, Barry has, 
beautiful, amazing daughters, and he knows of what I'm talking about. So it's an amazing line. Bonos mika bain shimur. Do girls even need a babysitter? They're the babysitter, Barry. Even if they're six years old, they're babysitting for someone else. They just sit there, so they don't need a babysitter. That's why he said that has to be a bar mitzvah teacher. Okay. And he who said that it's the babysitter, why didn't he say, like Rabbi Yochanan, that it's the bar mitzvah teacher? Kasavar, pizuk taimim, de'oraisahu. Ooh. Because Rav held that that is Torah. And therefore it's intrinsic to the Torah, so it's ironic. Barry, you thought the other way. You thought, like, why are we even teaching this? No, he's saying the other way. That everybody knows that you have to teach the, the, the trump. And according to Rav, it's so obvious that it's part of Torah that it should be us to teach if you're a Modah Hanah. Wow. In other words, it should be us to teach. In other words, no, that, that it shouldn't even be in the conversation. I should say that better. It shouldn't even be in the conversation because it's so intrinsic to Torah that it should be free. And therefore, even if you're Modah Hanah, you should be allowed to learn it. That's how you're supposed to say it. Okay. In other words, Bar Mitzvah lessons is part of the Torah and thus has to be free. How do you know? The Amar Ravika Barav and Amar of Nachanan Amar Rav. My Dichsiv, what does it say when it says, Ve'ikru Basefer, Betorah Sailokim, Meforash, Vesom Seichel, Ve'yavinu Bemikra. This is a famous Pasuk in Nehemiah, in the eighth chapter, where Ezra HaSefer is reading the Torah on Rosh Hashanah at the gates of Yerushalayim. Before, uh, in front of all the Olei Bavel. Unbelievable, these people are making Aliyah. And in the airport, so to speak, at the gates of Yerushalayim, Ezra is reading, right, of Anshe Knesset Gdola, he's reading to them from the Torah. And we interpret that Pasuk as follows. It says, They read in the Sefer, Zed Mikra. That's talking about Tarshav Echsav. Meforash, Zed Targum. It's talking about the Targum. Interesting. Amazing. The Perish. There is a hawk here that Revar Leibowitz points out about Shnai Mikra Vechatargo. Maybe you should, there is some, and I forgot who he quoted. Some will say, he'll recommend that you learn the Mikra first, right? There's different ways how to organize Shnai Mikra Vechatargo. So one way, maybe you just read it one through Mikra, right? Because that's Bechzav. And then to illustrate that the Targum is, is the Feirish, then do another one with Mikra and Targum. Okay. That's kind of how you do it anyway. Besom Sechel, Elu Apsukim. Okay, some Seichel is talking about, right, the Psukim, which means that you have to have the Sof Pasuk, appropriate pauses, uh, insert Rabbi Leibowitz's uh, analysis of which trup is more important than others. It is important to have the Asnachta and the Sof Pasuk, right, the commas and the periods are perhaps more. He went, uh, launched into a halachic discussion uh, with, I should say, the, the shitas varying all the way. I committed to memory that the Rambam, I think, is the most machmir. Any change in, in, in trop has to be corrected. So I believe the Bach was the most mekil. Even if you say the wrong word, you don't, right? Because it's always a balance between, you don't want to embarrass your friend, you don't, you don't want to be Malbin Pnechavero, and how much, how accurate does it have to be for you to be Yotze, right? After all, is going to be a threshold that varies all the way the gamut. The only thing that everybody agrees is wrong is if, you're, if, is if you're saying something that's so off that it's kind of like disrespectful. Like at Moish Gordon, who's the Rosh Shiva of Yishrei Lev, so I, I mentioned I was a Balkare, but Barry, I was more style than substance as a Balkare. I kind of like had a lot of flair, but maybe didn't have the, the exact, uh, and so, 
happens to be Moish Gordon is the Rosh Shiva right now of Yishalev in Yishalev, in, um, rather in uh, Telstone. His father-in-law is, is um, Harvey Blitz, Shlita, who's like one of the presidents of the OU and a absolute laning fanatic. He knows every single diktuk by heart. And so as it happened, the Moshe didn't want me to lose out on the schar Shabbos of the laning. So he let me lane at his Ufruf. And at his father-in-law's aliyah, he's like a very chashah person in Klal Yisrael, I said, Barry, you're not going to believe this. Lo besamim he. Can you imagine? Instead of lo besamim he. I, I'm still embarrassed right now. Like just saying it. I'm <laughs> shivering. Anyway, that even the Bach would say. You have to correct. You know what I mean? But he didn't even correct it. He almost just fainted. Like I saw his face turn purple. He's like, <gasps> anyway, I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, ve'avinu b'mikra. I mean, it looked like b'samim Barry. There's no nekudot in there. I don't know if you know that. Anyway, ve'avinu b'mikra. Zeh pisuk ta'amim. Okay. The amri lei elu hamisoros. Okay. So then, this last last thing is the the mikra is the pisuk ta'amim. What are we saying? As we read it with the trump, Barry. The trump goes all the way back. Right? It's part of Torah, okay? And if it's part of Torah, then in fact, right, you're, it's, a, it's something that should be taught for free. Bar Mitzvah lesson should be free. Ramila Eloham And then, those are the traditional spellings. What's the spellings? Four categories. And that's where we pick up 11 lines up from the bottom, where it says, Amri Yitzchak, Mikra Sofrim, Be'itr Sofrim, Rekarian Veloksivon, Veloksivon Velokirian. Those are all Halachal Sinai. What are all these things? So, technically, it's Right, the, the way the correct vocalization, that's mikra. Itur is the, right, the certain words that are more stylistic, uh, as we'll see. And the Gemara is going to give an example of all of these. And then, as you said, you know, something that you, you krivalokseev, it's not written, but we say it. Or ksivalokri, it's written, but we leave it out. You know, we see that, right? If you're a bakare and you look, you'll see this, it's, 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 right, scattered throughout. How do we know? You know, we see we have the Tarsha Bechsav. How do we know? What are we leaving out? What are we putting in? So that's Allah Lamashim Sinai Barry. What are examples of all these as follows? Mikrosofrim, that's already like how do you pronounce it? Oretz, Eretz, Oretz, Shomaim. Right, sometimes it's it's uh you say it one way, sometimes you say it the other way. Alright, this is this is from Yermio. Sometimes it it in it's a the Zakef Katon. You see, for examples in even Sefer Devarim. Or Shomayim, so, you know, this is in Torah reading and Haftarah. Mitzrayim versus Mitzrayim. Uh, these are examples of, how would you know? That's Allah HaLemoshim Sinai. Different examples of how, when, when you would, right, explain it like that. This, the, the, the art scroll here gets really, really uh, intricate about what the meaning of this, what is this Allah HaLemoshim Sinai. It even quotes the Kuzari of all sources, that where they discuss, right, the philosoph, the, the, the Melech HaKuzarim has to ask the Chacham, the Chaver, as it were, you know, what is the significance? Where does this come from? How do we know? And the answer is, Halacha Moshe Misinai. That, okay, that's, that's uh, Mikra Sofrim. What's Itur Sofrim? Achar Ta'avoru, right? That's Avram, and uh, when he sees the Malachim coming to, that's two weeks ago, right? He says, I'll get you something to eat, and then, you can leave, then you can leave. Achar ta'avoru. Well, the word achar there seems redundant, says. Or achar telech. Remember more recently with Rivka, when we say, yeah, let her stay for 10 months, or a year or 10 months, 
and then she can go. So again, the word achar mean, seems redundant, and yet it's not. It's iter svarim. Iter svarim means the mikra was embellished. That's a little bit unusual, right? In other words, it's, it was written in the Torah. So what do you mean it's embellished? So, and what do you mean it's a lachla moshe misinai? It's actually written there. So that, that, that's a good question indeed. But the point is, what it means when the Torah says something that seems redundant and how you interpret it, how you understand it, is, is all, right? And, and that's of course, because we're learning Gemara. That's of course all part of the halacha l'moshe misinai. Similarly, achart safe. that's, I believe, with Miriam, right? That uh, she should be, right? She, remember with the tzaras, she was sequestered for a week and then she could be brought back and then we'll move forward, right? Or kidmu, sharim, Achar Nognim first went the singers and then the musicians. That's already in Tehillim, right? It could have just said, hey, the singers went before the musicians. Why it's saying like this? Stylistic things, Barry. Or Tzitkascha Keharekel, right? You could have said Tzitkascha Harekel. Why? What do you mean? Your righteousness is mountains? You have to say that it's like the mountains. It's not mountains. No, but look at the Pasuk, Barry, in Tehillim. It says, when it says mishpatcha, it does in fact say it doesn't have the ke to home rabba. So which is it, right? So the fact that it, they say tzitkascha is ke and the mishpatcha is to home rabba, this is stylistic stuff, right? That's all lacha moshe misina. Now again, it's all misina. It's 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 uh, tarshav Be that as it may, the meaning and the style is halacha moshe misina for us. Okay, that is the etor sofer. Third category is going to be the Kriyak Siv, and then the fourth, uh, right, is also going to be, right, so the third is when it's, right, you say it, and even though it's not written, for example, it says pras, in the Pasuk where it says the David, what does it say? This is um, in Shmuel, Bez, Vayach David es Hadadezer, Ben Rechov, Melech Tzova, so the king of Tzova, whose name was Hadadezer, which isn't a name that took uh, that, that got popular, but be that as it may, has, uh, David beat him up, belechto lehashiv, right? Yado benar. That's all it says. Belechto lehashiv yado benar, right? And we say pras. We say the word nahar pras, that it was the Euphrates, because that's what it was. Wow. Or ish, the kasher yishal ish bidvar lokim. The Pasuk says, atzas achitofel. That's in Shmuel Beis also. If you read it, it says, But we say, Okay. So you see, cases where it's not written, and yet we read it. Wow. It's all Allah of Hashem guys. Right? What a beautiful song. Well, guess what? The word Bayim isn't written there. But we read it. Okay. La de Plata. And again, these are all the same kind of idea, right? We say Hashmiu el Babel Rabim. This is in Yirmiya, right? Kol dachrekeshes chanu aviv saviv al yihi, and then it says Plata, but we say La, okay? And at the Hugad 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 is Boaz, right? Beyond Boaz, this is in Rus, obviously. Beyond Boaz, Beyond La Hugad Hugadli, Kol Asher Asis. So the S, Hugad Hugadli. We say S, okay, call a Sharasis. But that's not what's written. Okay, amazing. Okay. Oh, call a Sharasis S Hamasek. Yeah. 
well, we don't we don't read it. Eli de Hagorin and etc. Uh, and it goes on and on with right psukim that we don't have it written, but we say it anyway. This is continuing in verse. But we say kol shetomri elai, amazing. The hasa orim, and again rus, right? Hasa or hasa orim, halein karyon v'loksivan. So these are all amazing examples. May, uh, interestingly, finishing up, there's a lot of this in rus apparently, right? But tomer elai, kol shetomri elai ese, but elai is written. Unbelievable, a lot of stuff that's missing, right? Karyon, we read it even though it's not written. Unbelievable. Habrachsiv v'lokri. Okay, so now it's written and we're not going to read it. Unbelievable. But Tomer, this is again in Rus. Tomer Sheish Hasaorim Ha'elan Hasan Leiki Amar. Oh no, that's the Eli. Uh, this, this last one over here is in Melachim, sorry. No, the word no is written, and for some reason we don't read no. It appears in the text, but we don't read it. So that is amazing indeed. And then Zos de HaMitzvah, Yidrach de HaDorech, Chamesh Nefaz Negev, Im de Ki'i Goel, Halein Ksiv and Velokirian. So all of these are examples, right, in different places, in Dvarim, in Yermio, and then again at the end in Rus, right, the Chi Goel, right, the Apostle of the Chi Goel, where it's in fact written, but we don't read the, the word, even though it appears in the Pasuk. All of that is a lachal Moshe Mishinai. So we'll re, uh, resume tomorrow, third line down, Amar Vachabar Ava, about the uh, different um, Sof Pasuks in the Torah.